Hello, Stephen. Hello, Erica. Where are we? We're in the village talking about a change of mind, which was the twelfth episode originally broadcast in the UK mm-hmm. of the hit series *The Prisoner*. Currently celebrating its fiftieth anniversary on this podcast. I figured sometimes mm-hmm. it's important to restate the goals of this podcast and why we're doing it. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was that was. 60-ish minutes of my life I'm not getting back again. So you this is uh, to state another thing you watched this episode once before or when we were watching this series before and this is the second time you've seen it now. I seem to recall you didn't like it much the first time either. No I again I didn't remember which episode was which based on based on the, the mm-hmm. titles. Uh, so once this got going and we saw the committee I was like oh yeah it's this one and then it just kept going and kept being boring and stupid and it just it's i don't like this episode at all no you're a reactionary rebel you're disharmonious that's what you are i am friggin unmutual is what i am <laughs> what uh what didn't you like about this episode then was there was there moments of it was the whole theme of it what was the deal yes okay. yes and yes um uh, just the whole idea that they're going to trick him into thinking he's had brain surgery and that simply sedating him is going to be enough to convince him that he doesn't have the capacity for feeling something that he does still have the capacity to feel Mm -hmm. just seems like a just a stupider idea than some of the wacky ideas that they have had and i don't know it just it just seemed weird in a way like all of the performances and everything seemed weird in a way that was not fun and entertaining as sometimes they sometimes are like the doctor's strange delivery as she's giving the you know doing the surgery in front of the camera and just her weird hesitations during the lines and then all of the time that he is walking around by himself we've talked before about how this show doesn't shy away from from silence or just you know number six being alone and usually it's fascinating like i don't mind watching him being on his own and you know seeing what's going through his mind but here i absolutely mm-hmm. i very much did it was just it just felt endless endless <laughs> wow endless goodness um I don't think it's one of my f- favorite episodes, probably because kind of like it's your funeral. I don't necessarily know what's going on, but and the once I actually pay attention to the dialogue and what's going on, I, I don't. I think the first few times I didn't really realize that it was a fake. I don't think I was paying quite attention, or perhaps the episode didn't hold my attention um, at the time for me to pay attention to the very crucial revelations mm-hmm. that the the test was faked. But you're right; the drug test is a silly way to go about it. It's funny. I was sort of going through I the the first part of the the episode I actually quite liked because they were turning it around a little bit, you know, in the past they've sort of said, you know, come on number 6, join in, conform, that sort of thing. And they that's the eventual goal they want to do here too, but they do it by shunning him. You know? And that's another thing that 
that makes me oh, mad. Why does it make you mad? Okay. Because number six is like he's been shown to be a very strong character uh-huh. and not requiring of really anything. Like the idea that he's suddenly such a fragile creature that that he needs interaction from other people that that would have some effect on him. Just I don't buy it. You're you're making a face. What are you what are you thinking? I, I think the in the past it was number six's choice to sort of be against the village to sort of like be his own person uh and now suddenly that individuality has been thrust upon him it's no longer his choice to be the outcast the out being an outcast is is forced upon him now and he almost kind of resents that you know like here you you know you can't quit uh you know uh you can't be you can't find me i quit that sort of thing i think that's what that's what's kind of interesting that he you know he is his the the choice of his independence has been taken away from him which i think kind of affects him i i think maybe that's what they were going for but i feel like it's that just doesn't feel true to the character and it just seems like it seems like everybody in this episode is like a weird caricature of a human being everybody is just i mean yes i understand that this is the village and and people do what they're told but the whole village turning into a mob and turning on number two just because 86 says he's unmutual he's unmutual like what what and so i feel like that that doesn't make any sense to me any more than number six who is supposed to be this you know super spy who is good enough that they put him here in the first place Mm -hmm. and good enough that he's lasted this long um just the idea that he would fall apart because suddenly all these weird people start ignoring him like sorry you can't have your morning coffee oh my god i'm gonna (laughs) i'm freaking out it just yeah he they i feel like his characterization is just kind of weird throughout this whole whole episode the only part that i did like was was the bits with him recognizing that she's drugging his tea Mm -hmm. and the different ways that he um fools her and manages to to you know be sneaky about not drinking it I like that. That's the only bit of this episode that I was remotely interested in. I thought she did a good job being uh, being looped on Mytol. I enjoyed her performances, and I just sort of like running her fingers on the table. I have to report that sort of thing. (laughs) Yep, yep. That was that was fun. That was good. And then he hypnotizes her with with a watch. Can you get any more cliche than that? And it doesn't even swing. Well, in the 1960s, that was a thing, hypnotizing with watches. That was just, it happens in Doctor Who, too. It happens in probably a lot of other um, TV shows and movies at the time. It was it was the style at the time, I guess. Yeah. Just, oh, my goodness. Just dumb. It was kind of weird. It was a weirder episode after It's Your Funeral was a little more straight and narrow, you know, with the um, the conversion place there with that with the guy who comes mm-hmm. out and he's, you know, I, I'm not disallowed. Yes, believe me, believe me, that guy who's sort of yelling and he's being told what to say. Mm-hmm. And then, the, yeah. That, actually, that felt very sort of 1984, mm-hmm. very fascist. Like, all of a sudden, the village is even more fascist than it has been previously. Everybody is just, you know, very, very blindly like zombies following what they're told um whereas in previous episodes i mean to me the thing that makes a village so chilling is the fact that so many of the people have like i don't know 
I don't want to say given up, but like they they live there, and it's 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 a village. And one of the creepy things about it is the fact that there's just all these people going going about their lives, even though they're actually prisoners. And this ramps uh, ramps it up so much that they don't feel that it doesn't have that feel anymore. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're going for the mob mentality feeling, and because of that, they sacrifice the sort of creepiness of people actually just sort of going along with the flow which i think is even even more affecting at least for me Mm -hmm. yeah um i see what you mean there um but they've you know like dance of the dead they sort of go along with the flow free for all they sort of go along with the flow there are there are times when the people in the village just continue to just do what they're told and follow the the leader kind of thing. It does mm-hmm. kind of it, it in a way. It's almost like when it doesn't sub- subscribe to that, like it, it's your funeral. And there's a couple of you know other reactionaries or other people who are looking to escape or at least cause a cause some change in the village that that seem kind of the outlier. That's true. Yeah, yeah I just. It's, I don't know. This was just, and I feel like this number two has no. <clears throat> personality just no charisma whatsoever no. so just yeah i don't care about you dude i don't care about your plan mm-hmm. your stunt double looks nothing like you running up the that stairs. was ridiculous oh my i thought that they had screwed up and like had number six like that they everybody was suddenly chasing mm-hmm. number six because the guy was so much thinner i just didn't understand until i realized oh that's supposed to be that's supposed to be number two running up those stairs oh okay sure and he had hair yes like what that was just very, very poor. That was odd. Maybe, maybe it looked um, better, quote unquote, um, in 1968 or something. Uh, <laughs> you know, when they were watching it on Blu-ray and HD and stuff. Um, I'm not too sure. There was um, oh, there's another moment that I want to talk about. I can't remember what it was. Mm. Was it when the guys randomly came up to start fighting with him at the beginning, which also made no sense? I think there were plants by number two. Yeah. Almost certainly. Yeah. But, yeah. It wasn't that. What was it about now? The um the weird young people sort of like, you know, she, he's trying to he, he's trying to divide us. That sort of weird oh. argument and the like reactionary rebel, that sort of. Yeah. Again, they just, they didn't seem like people. They seemed like caricatures. Mm-hmm. It was just... Yeah, that I, that sequence is very. I hate it. <laughs> it was perp- It was certainly surreal, and 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 then the the weird. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff in this one, like the when there are when number six is sitting in the circle there among the uh, the committee and everything, and then, uh, you know, there's that weird little moment when they all leave, and it's just number six there, and the butler comes down, and they sit, and they just stare at each other for a few seconds, and then. Number six makes to move. Now we're going to go. And, and, and like so almost as if to, to force the butler to, to pull the table away so he can get out. And he does it again later on. Uh, and then there's the last shot of the episode, which is very intriguing. I sort of like have tried to, to pin down that the, the butler holding the black and white umbrella is like just a visual indicator that that you, you're here forever, essentially. And they make such a big deal out of it in this one and that he's when the mob is going crazy trying to track to number two and like the butler's around there and he's like trying to open his umbrella while people are sort of going around and then the literally the last shot of the episode is him walking down 
the the pathway with the umbrella. I think that's been as overt a time that 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 instance has been there, and I'm not entirely sure what it means. I'm not entirely sure that they knew what it was supposed to mean, really? which is okay. That's mm-hmm. that's fine. I mean, the ambiguity of this this show is one of the things I like about it so much, uh, and I I just feel like this episode, that part of it, like that's fine. Like the scenes with with the butler, I do kind of like the the interplay between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm fine with with that sort of being am- ambiguous. But I don't feel like the rest of it is ambiguous at all. It's just weird. It is. It is kind of weird. I remember what I was going to say now too. Uh, it's. It's that I remember um, as as I was watching, sort of like them, sort of like shunning number six, and I thought, interesting. This show has be has gone from like always asking about like why did he resign, like trying to find that out that, and then basically has sort of morphed into a show that is trying to just break his will and make him be part of the village, or at least not or shun him from the village and then of course um, like literally two minutes after I thought that number six comes in and, and uh, number two comes in and, and asks him why he resigned which kind of sticks out like a sore thumb in this episode you know like that was the only time he asked about why he resigned and then and then they sort of drop it well I mean that's the only time he asked because that's the, the point that he was all drugged up and mm-hmm. thought that he had had this and that's like <laughs> so they thought that that they could convince him mm-hmm. that he didn't have any more aggressive tendencies or anything and that that for some reason would make him willing to to explain why he resigned just mm-hmm. like the there's no logic there that makes any sense to me so i think that number two said you know we'll have we'll finish this conversation later or whatever so the idea was to give number six enough time keeping him drugged up on my to uh to so that number two could come back and ask him again like lower his guard essentially exactly yep when really uh, all they said let's go get drunk and like (laughs) <laughs> slip yeah. him a few shots of brandy right yeah they could have like done it much much easier yeah and having everybody uh attack him with their umbrellas and stuff to mm-hmm. to get him dragged off to the hospital i mean we've seen in previous episodes they can just drug him in his sleep and take him whenever they want so this was all for show i think it was just a show that the entire community was against him at that point and then to show that once he got out of the hospital because remember they were still banking on the on him thinking that the, the operation is real you know the whole village attacked him and now they all celebrate his his uh reinsertion into society yep that's that's the idea mm-hmm. so this is your least favorite one so far then by far yeah yeah i just i don't even like usually i at least enjoy watching patrick mcgoon doing whatever he's doing <clears throat> mm-hmm. and i really didn't in this his weird like half smile just seems smarmy and smug and like it just I don't know it none of this worked for me okay well, not even George Pravda the Castellan himself from Deadly Assassin who has had a couple scenes in this as a doctor well okay I do like I do like the Castellan yeah. So he he gets a thumbs up from me but only because he's the Castellan in Doctor Who only because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well that's too bad um as as I was watching this and looking at the episodes ahead, it's kind of interesting that a change of mind is the last quote unquote normal prisoner episode 
um, for the whole series because the this is episode twelve. There's five more to go. This is sort of the only the last one that sort of takes place in the village, so to speak. Uh, and it all goes a little bit wacky <laughs> from here on in with uh, differing levels of success, perhaps, in your mind. Yeah, I seem to remember that this is sort of where, for me, the series kind of took a turn and it was never quite the same again. So I'm just going to hang on to the joy that I've had with the previous episodes and we'll just see where things go from here. I don't really remember very clearly, but there's at least one on the screen, the title that I'm looking at and going, oh, I remember everybody said that one was good and I thought it was poop. We'll get to that one. Perhaps watching it a second time will give you a change of mind. Wah, wah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Okay. Is that it for this one? I Please let it be, yes. (laughs) Be seeing you. Be seeing you.